You sure are. It's eight minutes after 7 o'clock on a Monday evening. The only place to be, you know what time it is, just by what show is coming on the air. That would be the Employment Hour. John Pinkett's in the host chair uh, with me tonight, taking your calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Emails, we'll see if we can get to a couple of those tonight. That is simply help at employmenthour.com. We have a lot of stuff to talk about and get through tonight, John, including uh, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. There's all kinds of reasons and answers why they should not. We'll get to all those, but we always start every show, my brother, with the uh, the week that was. What's been going on in your world? It's been an interesting couple of weeks, John. I'll, t- I'll tell mm-hmm. you about a few situations that have uh, come across my desk, and uh, if anyone listening has anyone who's experienced something similar or any other problem that they've had at work, uh, give us a call. So start with the first situation, actually, just last week. Uh, approached by an individual who had been working for a software company uh, for about 20 years, uh, most recently as a sales manager. And it's important to note uh, that for this person, this was a position where he was meeting with clients, uh, traveling around the world, and had a team of 10 people reporting to him. Hmm. So recently a new director came in that he didn't really get along with, and this is a director who he's reporting to, and things soured pretty quick. So one day after a particularly bad argument, his director sends him a letter uh, by email saying that his role is changing as a result of what they called poor performance. Right. So what he, what this director said is, here's what's going to happen. In three months, three months, what's going to happen is, first of all, your office is going to be moved to the hallway where you're going to be given a small desk. You're going to be in a, what they call, quote, revised role, where you're going to re- be reporting to someone new. Uh, your title is going to change to assistant sales manager, and you are no longer going to be client-facing. Uh, oh, but don't worry. Your pay is the same. You'll still be entitled to all your benefits, and in fact, we're going to keep your bonus uh, exactly the same criteria that you had before. Right. Now, as I discovered after speaking to this man, the worst part was that the person he was going to be reporting to, uh, to was actually someone who had been working in a role that was junior to him and had only been hired three weeks earlier. Now, to add insult to injury, the sales director sent an email to his uh, to this individual's entire team of 10 people sharing the news of this change. So unsurprisingly, this was not a change uh, that this uh, sales manager was prepared to accept, and he came to me asking what his rights were uh, when he left. So what I told him, of course, is that it doesn't matter that his pay was remaining the same in this circumstance because the changes to his position were clearly a loss of prestige, a demotion, and properly formed the basis of a constructive dismissal. So he has since sent a letter asserting that he's constructively dismissed, and if these changes come into play in the next three months, at that point he's going to uh, consider his employment constructively dismissed. The company's reacted by saying, no, we don't think this is a constructive dismissal and the changes are going to take place. And so once mm-hmm. those changes take place, our firm is uh, he's, he's going to leave and our firm is going to work with him to negotiate a severance package. Um, so there's a few lessons here for, for both yeah. employers and employees. So for employers... Please remember that just because you leave someone's compensation intact does not mean that you have free reign to do whatever you want to their position. Changing an employee's position in a way that is going to embarrass them is going to lead to liability almost every time. And for employees, if an employer has made a change to the conditions of your employment, call us. Don't leave before speaking with a lawyer because if you resign and it turns out 
not to be constructive dismissal, you'll have made a huge mistake because you'll have given up all your entitlements. But on the other hand, if you don't say anything and you acquiesce to the change, you'll be deemed to have accepted and you'll actually lose the right to claim for constructive dismissal. And worst yet, you may be giving the employer carte blanche to do it again. I'm surprised after you know they had the first conflict that the employer didn't back off, realizing that they were making a bad move. But in three months, they'll, they'll get a, uh, a cold bucket of water over the head, right? Yeah, and truth be told, I, I think the intention here was really just to terminate his employment, right? And yeah. that, that's often the case with a constructive dismissal, where an employer wants to terminate an employee's uh, job, but they want to do it in such a way to give them what they see as leverage uh, when that employee obviously is going to come back demanding a severance package, right? They say, well, you know, we think this is a resignation, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, what happens is it makes it worse because this employee is now going to have a right to, to claim for additional damages for the way yep. he was treated. So a bad move, very bad move. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk That number's toll-free for the remainder of the show. you got till around 10 to 8 tonight, so all kinds of time for you to call in, ask your employment questions about your job, maybe for a pal or a family member, something you've always wanted to know, or you're in a situation right now that seems a little tight. Uh, give us a call here at the station, and John, ready to, uh, to answer all of your questions. Uh, second part of week that was, what do you got? Yeah, absolutely. So the second situation uh, was an employee who was let go after working there for 10 years. Uh, and this com- in this case, the company taking the position that it had just cause on the basis of performance uh, and paid him nothing. So here's, here's the issue. The issue was that okay. this person was working as a customer service manager, and his team's metrics had gone down recently quite dramatically as compared to previous years. Now, what he told me is, in fact, the reason it went down so much is because the company basically change the goalposts by introducing a new system with a different way of calculating the metrics. And this is actually very common in customer service, happens all the time, particularly with large companies. So in other words, the the game was rigged. And most importantly, the company had only given him one written warning and really have not given him any chance to properly improve. So what I told him was, therefore, that the act that the company is dissatisfied with his performance. Just just the fact that they didn't like how his performance was mm-hmm. that particular year is not just cause for dismissal. I mean, just cause is really reserved for the worst cases of misbehavior at work. Sure. We're talking fraud, theft, conflict of interest, or truly gross incompetence, which this was not. So I told him that he'd been wrongfully dismissed, and as, and as a result of his age, his position, and his years of service, this particular individual is entitled to potentially a year of his pay. So that's tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And we're going to work with him to negotiate a proper severance package, and I anticipate within a few months he'll have the financial security he needs to land back on his feet. Well, I know you and, and Lior both you often, in fact, almost on a, uh, a weekly basis on this show that say, uh, you know, rising to the level of cause is very difficult. There's got to be repeated warnings. There's got to be chances uh, for you to improve your performance, so on and so forth. It's, it's as they call the death penalty of the employment relationship. And employers always pull the trigger way too soon, don't they? They do. They pull it too soon. And they also pull it in some cases where the the conduct just doesn't, you know, the the crime doesn't fit the punishment. Right? Yeah, right. Or the punishment doesn't fit the crime, I, yeah. I, I suppose. So 
in in cases where it's it's something really serious, you know, you're not going to need a warning, right? You don't need a warning to know not to steal from your employer. You don't need right. a warning not to know not to commit fraud. But if or it's take some, a swing at somebody, yeah. Or take a swing at somebody. Although there yeah. are, there are cases where even that has not been just caught for dismissal. <laughs> right. Believe it or not. there is there is a case, and uh, I think there's there uh, was written about in the paper a few times where people got in fights at work, and the employer thought, oh, for sure, this is just cause for dismissal. The court said yeah. no because. That's a, that's a really, really harsh penalty. It has to be something where the employment relationship is just, it's evaporated. It's impossible right. to continue. And in certain work environments, um, you know, those, those things uh, those things happen. Now, I'm not telling anyone to go and get a, in a fight with uh, yeah. their coworkers, uh, and, and that definitely can be cause for dismissal in some cases. But just, just to go to show that it really, really takes us some seriously ex- extreme yeah. conduct to, to get an yeah. employer there. Quiet. Phones are quiet. They are lit up and ready for you. That means they're wide open. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Uh, by the way, you want to get a hold of John or Lior, member of the team. It is help at employmenthour.com and one 855 That's the number to reach the firm. At any time, we're not doing the show here on uh, Monday nights, Wednesday nights, and, of course, the weekend shows and Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV and CTV. That's our half-hour TV show on Saturday and Sundays, respectively, as well. So why people accept bad severance packages? There is a lengthy list. Want to uh, get into some of these, John? I know you want to expand on each one as we go through. Maybe it'll enlighten somebody. Maybe there's uh, scratching their head going, hey, that's exactly what I was thinking of. So we'll uh, we'll get going here as the phones start to light up. Number one, they don't realize they're entitled to more. That could be the number one, right? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of people. And, in fact, that's probably no. why we, we came up with the severance pay calculator app because right. – uh, Otherwise, uh, people just say, okay, well, I looked it up on the internet and it seems fair. Uh, I mean, the, the the reality is, especially if you're working for a large company um, where it, it, it may be the kind of company that uh, is terminating a, a, a whole lot of people at the same time, the okay. company's going to do a, a cost-benefit analysis, right? Mm-hmm. And if they offer really low severance packages and even one of those people accept it, it's, it's going to be worth it for them. So... Don't be that one person. Don't be that one person who right. doesn't speak to a lawyer, um, who makes it worth it for the employer. Be the person who inquires about your rights, finds out that that uh, severance package is inadequate, and uh, your your first stop should really be the severancepaycalculator.com. It's easy. It takes you it'll take you thirty seconds. You enter your length of service, your age, your position, your salary, um, and uh, you'll find out exactly how much you're owed. You know, it's funny you mention that, too, because if you take the average company who, who may or may not be savvy when it comes to employment rights and how much uh, severance each uh, person should be getting as they're, uh, as they're pushed out the door. Yeah, if they get 50 employees and two of them end up you know, being wise after hearing this show and going to a lawyer, they're playing the odds. They're still going to be ahead of the game, right? That's right. So a lot of employees would say, well, why would they offer me something that is obviously, um, right. that is obviously less? And uh, the reality is, is that there's a there's actually very good reason why they do that. There's a, there's a rational incentive for an employer to offer you, for offer you less, and that's the harsh reality of it. Yeah, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell one triple eight two two five. Talk that number is toll free. We'll get it uh, kicked off here tonight with Jim. Hey Jim, good evening. How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on in your world tonight? Oh, uh, okay. I'm a uh, owner operator trucker. Yep. Right. Now, when I first started with the company, they took a $2,500 hold back in case I screwed off or did whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been here 16 years, and they came back to me and said, we're taking another 2500 
to top it up to five grand. But my question is, if I leave the company, on top of the $5,000 that they're holding back, because they've held it back for years, is there interest owed on that money? Is there is there interest owed? Because they're gonna because they're gonna invest that money into whatever they're into, right? Mm-hmm. So that's money I've lost to invest. Right. Do they owe on top of that money whatever that money would have accrued over time in a bank? Well, it it doesn't work exactly like that. There are prejudgment interest rates under the Courts of Justice Act, so it it, it will depend from from when that is actually payable to you. Uh, the other question, and the bigger question here, is going to be whether they have authorization under um, Section 13 in the Employment Standards Act um, to withhold your, your wages. Assuming you, you meet all the um, criteria to be an employee under the Employment Standards Act, that's what would likely apply in this scenario. Well, I'm not an employee. I'm an owner-operator. The truck is mine. Right, right. Okay, so in that case, it's just going to depend on what your agreement is with the company, right? So if you have an agreement, um, and, and that might be a verbal agreement, right? But if you have an agreement with that company where they are permitted to withhold this for a certain period of time, then there's no interest because they have a right to withhold that. And the question here is, um, you know, do they have the right to withhold this for that period of time based on whatever agreement you have with them? Uh, and if not, then, yeah, I mean, technically it could be pay, it, 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 there could be interest owed. It's not going to be like a bank, but it, there's a, there is an interest rate that is incorporated um, if you bring an action. So, it's possible, but I think the the first step is obviously you need to get that money back. So you need to establish what your agreement was, and if you well, haven't done it in writing, you, you may want to start putting things in writing now to, you know, create a record of what happened. Well, the agreement was twenty five hundred when we when I first started with the company. It was twenty five hundred, and if I left the company, they had ninety days to pay it out. There right. was nothing in the contract about interest owed or no interest owed or nothing like that. Right. Well, then, in, in that case, that I would say interest wouldn't be owed. They just have to pay within the 90 days, right? If you've made an agreement that authorizes them to do that, then interest only becomes owed if they fail to pay within those 90 days, and then you have to bring a claim, uh, and then there may be interest owed from the date it's owed up, up until the date that it's actually paid. But now on the second 2500 that they just came and asked for, there's nothing in writing. They just said... We're deducting money off your check for the next until twenty five hundred is accrued. Right. Well, then you're um, you you have a contract for services and you have um, money that, that is owed to you for a contract for services. So then, technically, the date that that's owed from that day forward, um, if you had to make a claim for that, then you could make uh, you could make a claim for interest as well. I don't know if that's going to be very significant. It probably won't be a huge amount, um, but if it's owed to you, then Every day that they don't pay it to you, you're they're subjected to prejudgment interest. So that would be a small claims event, then, right? I would think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. No problem. Jim, appreciate your call tonight. Uh, further information needed, it is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of John or Lior at the firm. You as well. Plenty of time to call in, ask your questions. We'd love to have you on board here for the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and one triple eight two two five talk. That number toll free. Lots more Employment Hour is on the way. This is Global News Radio six forty Toronto. It is 7.25 in your Monday evening, back here Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Weekend shows and employment hour and 30 happens on Global TV and CTV Saturday and Sunday mornings. 
on the old television. Uh, John Pinkus joins us here again for this Monday evening. And your phone calls 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five talk That number will be toll-free, as you know, till the end of the show, which happens around 10 to 8. So we've got plenty of time to, uh, to speak with you and answer your questions as well. Reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Next one we got is uh, they relied on the advice of the old Ministry of Labor. How about that one? Yeah, that tends to be people's first stop whenever they're yep. uh, whenever they're told that uh, they're they've been let go. Now, I don't want to say that the Ministry of Labor is bad for all purposes, right? If you've got an issue with vacation pay, overtime, overtime, outstanding that. wages, statutory holiday pay, the Ministry of Labor actually should be your first stop. But when it comes to termination pay, the Ministry of Labor is the last place, <sighs> the very last place you should go. It's not because there's something wrong with the Ministry of Labor, but it's because the Ministry of Labor can only advise one with respect to one's minimum entitlements. They are not lawyers at the Ministry of Labor. Um, and they are not trained to deal with your full common law entitlements. They're only there to administer the Employment Standards Act. Full severance entitlements are not governed by the Employment Standards Act and can only be properly assessed by an employment lawyer. So, you know, by way of example, someone who works for 20 years, if they're working for a small company, could be told by the Ministry of Labor that actually you're only entitled to eight weeks' pay. And depending on the situation, that same person's full entitlements could be two years' pay. So imagine that this person was earning $70,000 per year. Think about how much they would be throwing away by relying on that that advice they got from the Ministry of Labor. So it is a huge, huge mistake to go to the Ministry of Labor for your termination entitlements. Your first stop should be severancepaycalculator.com or speak with an employment lawyer, better yet. And another word of warning, which I know you've mentioned several times on the show when dealing with the Ministry of Labor, if it is a severance issue and you open up a file with the uh, ministry, uh, you can't go back. Now you can't seek a lawyer, right? So you got to make sure you don't get trapped in that little uh, bit of mud, huh? You have a very brief period to fix no. your mistake, but it, it goes by quick. So if if uh, anyone listening has started an application at the at the Ministry of Labor and they just started a few days ago and you're thinking, oh, no, what have I done? Call us and let's fix it, <laughs> because yeah, right. if if you call us soon enough, we can fix it. Uh, but once that period expires and you've made your election, um, it, it is done. So uh, you know it, it's it's it pays to make the the decision right the first time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That number, by the way, to get a hold of John Lior, the rest of the crew, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour dot com. If you've done exactly that, get on it. Don't wait uh, any longer. In the meantime, talking about the reasons why people accept bad severance packages, number three on our list tonight is uh, they're worried about upsetting the employer. There's a few things that I would say about this. The first thing that I would say is that in 90% of the cases that we handle, this is a really misplaced fear. Okay, Severance yeah. negotiations are not acrimonious. They, they are business negotiations and they should be looked at that way. And in fact, my approach is to actually set a positive tone in these negotiations to be assertive but not aggressive. Yes, this is the law, but we're not out there to hurt anyone or to be unreasonable. We're there to get to the truth, to get to the right answer here. Now, the other thing is, you know, there there may be those 10% of employers and everyone thinks their employer is the most vindictive and the most... Uh, um, you know, the most e- easily irritable. And yeah. in most cases, they're just a regular employer, particularly if it's a large company. But sometimes if you're, if you're working for a really, really small company who's new to this process, uh, they may take umbrage at it. But 
if you're talking about eighty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars, I mean, what what is really more important to you, right? Is is it is it worse to have annoyed the employer who just let you go, um, or to not have the financial security you need for the next? 18 months, depending on on how long it takes you to find a job. Because sometimes it takes a really long time to find a job. Um, And if you don't protect your job security because um, you are worried about annoying the employer that who who just let you go, um, and for that reason you sign a release, that's it. Once you sign a release, you're done and you've given up all that money. And and you, you could be left with buyer's remorse. It's the worst thing you can do. And, you know, the fact of the matter is a lot of employers have a... uh fairly sophisticated HR department and like you said this is just business they don't they they're, again they're playing the odds that most people won't come back and ask for more but if you do and you and you hire a firm like you and Leor and yourselves it's like okay it's cool it's a negotiation let's just let's just hammer it out and come to an agreement right yeah once a large organization sees our name they know that the alternative to negotiating with us is dealing with a claim and every large organization um, who is rational about this in a case yep. where, um, you know, wh- where it's obvious what the entitlements are should most of the time negotiate and negotiate sure. early on, right? And so you, you should expect that's probably going to be the case. For a smaller organization, we might need to take a different approach. And yes, mm-hmm. we might need to irritate them. But yep. if that's the cost of, you know, protecting you and your family during the period in which you're going to be unemployed, that, that's a cost that, you know, I'd suggest is, is worth it. Yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The number to call in tonight. Talk to John. Ask your questions till around 10 to 8. You got one 225 talk That's toll free as well. People accepting bad severance packages, all kinds of reasons. Another one is the deadline was only two weeks or Friday at five or all kinds of things like that. Pressure tactics. Right. Sometimes I've even said, I've seen a deadline. You have two days. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, very nice, right? <laughs> I work here for 10 years. Here's your severance package and here's a 10 you page. You 20 minutes. <laughs> here's a 10 page uh, full and final release. Actually, we, we, once there were, we, we've even seen cases where people said, you, you know, you can't leave work until you uh, until you sign this. So, so people, nice. employers try and use really, really, really aggressive tactics um, sometimes to get the get their employees to sign but realistically um, every termination letter is going to have a deadline on it okay and usually that deadline is yep. going to be um, every one to two weeks the deadline is just meant to pressure you remember that the reason they're giving you this deadline is because they want you to sign it they really want you to sign that release because if yeah. you don't sign that release guess what they've got major exposure major liability so what is your actual deadline? Your actual deadline is two years from the date you discover your claim. And for people who've just been let go on a regular without cause termination, that's going to be two years from the date that you get that termination letter. So, um, or two years when you're first notified of your termination. So does that mean you should wait two years? No, you shouldn't wait no. one year. You shouldn't wait one month if you can help it. Uh, but certainly the, that two-week deadline, if you're not going to be accepting that uh, offer that they're making to you, that two-week two deadline doesn't matter. Your entitlements are going to be, uh, as long as you're out of work, your entitlements are going to be pretty well the same. More on our list coming off of why people accept bad severance packages. First, I want to bounce over to the phones, our top priority as always. Rob, good evening. How are you? Hello. Hey, Rob. Oh, hi. Sorry. Um, just a quick question. My my niece uh, quit her job. She got a new job. After two days, they let her go. Okay. And uh, I'm just wondering what she's entitled to. They didn't give her anything. Okay, right. So a few questions uh, yep. for you. So um, when she found this uh, new job, was this a job that she um, was recruited to or did she apply to it? 
she applied for it. Yeah. Okay, so she left her old job voluntarily. That's right. And when she was um, given this new job, were there any discussions around how long she, you know, was it was it for a particular term? Uh, was there any discussions with her about how long it was going to be? Uh, no, it wasn't like a, uh, as far as I know, I mean, uh, it wasn't a temporary position or, or that kind of thing, no. Right. Yeah. So there, there's really only two um, kinds of uh, kinds of bases that you can have a claim in this scenario, right? So in normal circumstances, if you take a job, it doesn't work out the, after the first week. You're within the probationary period and under the Employment Standards Act and the common law, you are entitled to let someone go and, and really pay them little to no severance. Um, so strictly speaking, that's the starting point. Now, there are exceptions to that, but it doesn't seem, based on what you're telling me, that either of those exceptions would likely be at play, right? So the first exception would be if um, there was an inducement of her. So if she'd worked somewhere for a long period of time, and then she'd started with a new organization only to be let go a few days later, that's an obvious case of inducement where she would be entitled to severance that is pretty well commensurate with the length of service that she had at her old position, right? And that's that's a common law entitlement. Um, the other situation is if someone is told that they're going to be hired for a particular position, you rely on that representation and you leave your old job only to find out that the new job it, it was was a complete it was nonsense. It was a complete falsehood. Then you may have a misrepresentation or wrongful hire kind of claim in that situation. But again, not neither of those seem to be at play here. Um, certainly, if if uh, she wants to discuss it in more detail, we're we're happy to do that. But based on the the information I'm getting from you right now, I I don't see where the claim for entitlement would be. Unfortunately. Oh, okay. Because she wasn't really given a good reason why or anything. It's just it wasn't working out. Like I don't know how they evaluate that in two days. Right, and and they may not have a good reason at all. But the yeah. the reality is that an employer actually doesn't need a good reason to do that. Now, it could be a problem if there was discriminatory reason. So, if she believes there was something relating to her age, her ethnic origin, her gender, her you know sexual orientation, her um, you know anything religious that is pro beliefs, the religious beliefs, uh, no. uh, which is which is referred to as creed under the Human Rights Code. So, any of those things. Um, that are prohibited by the Human Rights Code uh, could entitle to her to some damages at the tribunal. But absent those kind of circumstances, an employer is really allowed to let anyone go for any reason that they want. They have that discretion as long as they pay the appropriate severance that applies in that scenario. And unfortunately, in this scenario, it doesn't seem like there would be any severance applicable. Oh, okay. Unless it was, like you said, a guaranteed term or something? Like Unless there was some... Six months. Exactly. If there's some kind of representation where it says this is expected to last for such and such amount of months, okay, then we've got an issue, right? Okay. Then then we have to talk about it. Um, or if there's some discriminatory motive that's uh, forbidden under the Human Rights Code, then we have another issue there sure. where there may be a basis for entitlement. But absent something like that, absent some special scenario, an employee who works for um, only a couple days is not going to be entitled to severance. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. No problem. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate uh, appreciate your call. And uh, email, by the way, is help at employmenthour.com. Lots of uh, time for you to call in as well. That's 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five talk And that number is uh, toll-free. Accepting bad severance packages happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, termination was for cause. That's what people are told, and they accept it, and they don't get anything, right? 
Well, yeah, we kind of touched on this earlier that yeah. uh, establishing a termination for cause is really, really difficult. So in some cases, if you've done something that is obviously very serious, right, if you have stolen, if you've committed fraud, if you've done something that really does violate the trust of your employer, then, yeah, there might be just cause for dismissal. But unless it's something like that that goes to the heart of the relationship, you know, I've seen terminations for cause for bad attitude, bad performance, yeah. um, arguing with their colleagues. That is just not cause. It's not cause any day of the week. So if that's yeah. the kind of circumstance that you've been um, terminated for, um, then definitely give us a call because uh, we can help. You know, another one on this list, and I know this one's quite common, and you've talked about it, Lior's talked about it on past shows as well, that is people just, they get like going, they figure, oh, I'm not going to call a lawyer, I can't afford the legal fees, which is completely wrong. Yeah, it, it really is. There are a lot of different um, options that, uh, there, there are several different options that, that we can offer depending on mm -hmm. the situation. We can't offer every option to every scenario, but... Um, there, there's numerous payment options, and by definition, most of our clients have lost their primary source of income. So obviously, we understand that they're not going to be enthusiastic right. about making a big investment. Uh, what I say is, the last thing I want is to stand in the way of a proper severance package uh, by by uh, by dint of our legal fees. So um, we can work with you, and in the vast majority of the time, we can work something out. Not always, but in most cases, particularly if it's someone, you know, if you've been terminated without cause, it's mm -hmm. almost inconceivable um, that we wouldn't be able to find some kind of arrangement that's going to work for you and, and not have to stress you out with legal fees. The next one, right after that one, with the legal fees, they figure, okay, maybe I can't afford it. Maybe you guys will. Maybe it'll come off the company when the when the settlement comes through. But this thing's going to take months or, or years. I don't want to be wrapped up in court forever. So they ignore it as well. That is also not true. Yeah, it's not. It's not true always. I mean, there, there are cases where it can take a few months to negotiate if it's if it's a mm -hmm. more complex matter, um, uh, or we uh, or it's or it's a you know high high stakes. Um, yeah. But in most cases, in most simple matters, a uh, severance package can be negotiated in a matter of weeks. Uh, and often that actually means the employee is not going to experience any gap in their income because the employers are going to have to pay you your minimum uh, severance mm -hmm. entitlements. So yeah. uh, it, it, it is something that, especially if you start early, um, you, it's often over before you know it. And that's all the more reason to... Um, to start early because uh, the earlier you start, the more likely it, it's going to be resolved while you still got money coming in. You know, it's funny. Number eight on this list of why people accept bad severance packages is uh, the employer has told them that they're an independent contractor and in a classic form of life imitating art. Uh, John from Etobicoke, how are you, pal? You got a question uh, similar to that, right? Yes. So yeah. uh, the company I'm working for does everything to make sure okay. that you never are considered an employee. Uh, I'm in one of those food delivery companies. Right. And they actually sent us new a new contract or whatever saying that we're not allowed to even enter into a class action suit. Okay. Um, that, that's... Is that legal? <laughs> um, well, you know what? Uh, just full disclosure, I'm, I'm personally, I'm not a class action lawyer, um, so I can't speak to that particular uh, particular aspect of your employment mm -hmm. but in terms of whether you're actually an employee or an independent contractor I mean 
Um, I, I can't imagine any kind of agreement where you would be uh, prevented from bringing a, a class action lawsuit. I don't know who, who drafted that for them. But is this the kind of situation where you're working regular hours, you're getting the same pay every week? Well, the thing about the pay is they won't tell us how we get paid, which is the other part. I've okay. inquired a million times. You can't feed, They won't give that out. So, or they won't tell you the 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 way they calculate your pay. You mean that's correct, right? Okay, so but they're saying that every order is a separate contract, right? Right. But is in terms of the amount that's actually going into your bank accounts, is it is it pretty regular and predictable? Yeah, it goes every Tuesday. Okay, and is the amount pretty well the same? Uh, well, if yeah, it works out to about the same every week because I work a certain number of hours. Yeah. Okay, and they and they set your hours, I assume, or do you set your they hours? They set. Well, we have choice. We set our availability. Right. They then send us our shifts, and right. then we pick up extra shifts. Okay, but they they control the shifts. Um, they control all the shifts. Right. Yeah. And in terms of the equipment you use, is is it your own or is it the company's? My car. My car. Yeah. Okay. And anything else uh, that you use? A bag, one bag with their name on it. Okay, and do you, do you have um, um, do you, do you have any sort of like business cards with their names on it, or do you, no, do you... no, 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 no? Okay. all done. It's all done over the internet. So oh, okay, they, you know, it's an app that the customer goes through, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then and then we're assigned the order, right? And we and we we pick it up, and we have the right to turn the order down. But we have to have an excuse, and so the excuse is always no legal parking. Um, well, I mean, John, as you know, un- under the Bill 148, uh, you, you yeah. may know that um, uh, the the burden to prove that someone is an independent contractor when someone claims they're an employee actually now falls on the employer, right? It used to be the other way around where the employee... Think, yeah, I want to ask you, do you think that with this present government, that will be the first thing that's gone? <laughs> you know, that's that's one thing I can't speak to on this show. Uh, I, I certainly hope hope not, because uh, I, I think it, it uh, has uh, really helped level the playing field uh, a lot. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't speak to, uh, you know, I don't have a crystal ball in, in terms of the political sphere. I'm sure there's... Uh, uh, there's another show I'm sure you could call for that. Uh, but in terms of, um, you know, the state of how it is right now, based on what you're telling me, you're, you're mm-hmm. probably an employee under the Employment yeah. Standards Act. There are certain, there's certain yeah. aspects of your employment. There is, there is a case going through the, the, what do you call it, through the courts right now. Mm-hmm. Started started on, what day, on August the 1st. Not mine. Right, but somebody against our company. That's why about two days later, the new right. contract, the new contract was sent, right. or terms of employment, as they said. So well, I, I wouldn't sign it. Uh, definitely not before no, you, you, you take it over, uh, look it over with no, a lawyer. It wasn't actually physically sent. It wasn't actually paper. It okay. was, sent, was sent as part of the app, our courier app. Okay. And so you couldn't access the app without. Mm-hmm. Agreeing to the conditions. Okay, nice. I see. Yeah, very nice of them. Nice. Sounds sounds like a uh, sounds like another company we know who starts with a U and shall remain no, nameless. It is not. It is not. <laughs> it is not the company. <laughs> okay. The company whose let me put it through. It's the company whose acronym is a venereal disease. Oh. Okay. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Oh, anyway, um, yeah, obviously we're not. Obviously, we're not going to ask you to disclose uh, no, uh, no, the no. company over the air. And, and, That's and, why I'm not using my real name. Right. Yeah. right. And I'm. I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. And, and I hope that everyone who calls doesn't use their real name. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Um, but. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you this. I mean, if you're in a situation where you feel you're not getting your uh, your wages, your vacation pay, or if they cut you off and they say mm-hmm. you're uh, you're an independent uh, contractor, um, then uh, I, I would give us a call. Um, I mean, it, it it may not be a, you know a class action lawsuit necessarily, but as you as an individual, uh, I think that uh, there there's probably something that we can do here for you. John, moving forward, here is that number. You might as well investigate and call, right? one 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com. You can direct that right to Lior or uh, John here. Get that taken care of. Moving on now, Mike. Uh, good evening. How are you, fella? I'm good. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's up with you? Uh, I just had a quick question. If, uh, let's say I'm unionized labor and I'm laid off due to shortage of work. Am I entitled to anything? So, unfortunately, the answer to that is is pretty uh, pretty simple also and the answer is no if you're in, if you are unionized you are strictly entitled to whatever rights are granted by your collective agreement so that okay. means that uh, your rep- your representative is the union itself now if you are let go um, you may the union may be able to help you get your position back um, but it is really only the union that can advocate for you in that scenario and the same rules that apply the rules that apply to non-unionized employees um, those benefits don't accrue to uh, accrue to you because it's uh, part of the trade-off uh, being in a union. Gotcha. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. And I guess we should uh, kind of expand on that, basically saying that uh, regardless, I mean, you can't seek not only you, not only you, or you can't go outside the union to seek an employment lawyer. That That's part of what's being a unionized employee, right? Yeah, when you're a unionized employee, you you live and die by the collective agreement, right? That mm-hmm. that is the full scope of your rights. And you know, some people say, well, why why is it not fair, or why why is it fair that I don't get a lawyer just because I'm in a union? And the answer is is well, you already have an advocate. The advocate, your advocate, is the union, and that's that's who you go to. And unfortunately, that it, they have a, a exclusive monopoly over uh, the right to to advocate for you in in pretty pretty well anything relating to your employment there are certain exceptions but they're they're very few in number um but uh, hopefully you've got a good union that's going to uh, advocate for you before we uh, wrap it up here in a minute or so you give me some details on the severance pay calculator before we go severance pay calculator is a really important tool and it's something that we're really proud of at st law because it is easy it's simple and it's gotten we, we we've seen it firsthand lead to people getting tens of thousands of dollars yeah. more um, than they're offered at termination this is a difficult time in your life and uh, I can understand why uh, people don't want to jump and pick up the phone and call a lawyer so we leave mm-hmm. this anonymous completely anonymous tool that you can use you enter in some simple information and in less than a minute you're going to know whether your severance package falls within uh, the likely range of entitlements um, that you have. So um, now, obviously, before you, you do anything, you should speak to a lawyer after that, but at least you'll have an idea yeah. of whether that severance package is um, conceivably fair or if, or if it's just a, a lowball offer. 
That's it for a, uh, another night, man. Good job, uh, John Pink is here. You want to get a hold of him after the show now or Lior. The rest of the team, one 821 5900 It is help at employmenthour.com. We are back here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And again, our weekend shows plus Employment Hour at 30 happens on global TV and CTV Saturday and Sunday mornings. And that'll do it for us for a, another night. Standing by, don't go anywhere. On Point with Alex Pearson continues right here. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.